This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the shows such as the Goatheads Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast. We cover Bills, Sabres, and more, with more shows on the way very soon. And the Cast Source Podcast Network covers many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Featuring the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, Trivia, and more of the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. With the Buffalo Podcast, I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Lost Mike Marino. Sorry, fellas, I had to get it rowdy in here. Gonna yeah, that, was an a, that was an A-plus song choice, my guy. Oh, you like it? You like the you like the vibe that's bringing right now? We're getting, we're getting rowdy, ready to go? What NHL was this in? 14, baby. NHL 14. Mm-hmm. NHL 12 was Don't Bring Me Down by the Electric Light Orchestra. Joker and the Thief. Joker and the Thief. Oh, what a throwback. NHL 14, a decade ago, first of all. That's a little crazy to think about. But, you know, some wolf mother for you on this. Uh, You'll be hearing this on a Thursday here. So, welcome back to the Buffalonian Podcast. As I said, I'm Joe Kelly, as you know. And as you know, also, it's Dom Lawson, Mike Marino here. And we've got some off-season talk for you guys today. Nothing crazy out there, unfortunately. Uh, other than the NHL playoffs still going on, currently as we're recording this, the Panthers are playing the Hurricanes in a pretty good game so far. So we'll see how the see if that ends while we are filming. But let's start it off with some Buffalo Bills talk here and um, rule changes, rule changes, rule changes, rule changes. It's 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 a cool thing. Um, Dom, I'll let you take us through it. Whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna hit on here. Uh, Thursday night football is interesting. The kickoff rule changes. Those guys, you know, and people are making a big deal about Diggs not at the OTAs. It, whatever. We'll get to that. But, Dom, take us through the rule changes first, buddy. Yeah, so obviously there was three major rules changes that got passed. Um, trying to think of the one team that – there's always a rule that they got rejected. I got to look it up. But the first rule that I guess we'll discuss is the San Francisco 49ers quarterback rule because uh, that's why it happened, is that you can now have – if a, you have a – Third quarterback on your 53-man roster, you could have him as the 47th active player. Um, so usually you have 46 active players from your 53-man roster. Now, if you have a court, you could use a quarter, a third quarterback to have that number to be 47. But the quarterback has to be on your 53-man roster, so he can't be on like your practice squad. So, um, mm, like it can't be like Matt Barkley has to be on the 53-man roster to be activated. Um, I personally think this is a stupid rule. I'm just gonna say it. I'm just I, I think this is a dumb rule. It's I, just, is it necessary? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I don't think it's anything groundbreaking here. Um, I'm kind of with you on that. I feel like it's just kind of like okay, you know. 
didn't need can't to say I have any uh, personal. Hang on, let's get that accurate. I didn't want to be like way above like your heads. You got to show anyway. your best side. Gotcha. What would you say? So you got to show your best side. So no side. Anyway, like I'm Mike's thinking. Good angle. I'm thinking that this rule doesn't have much bearing on my personal opinion. Like, I mean, I can see why. Like, it's useful because if your starting quarterback goes down and like then you're back up and you're kind of like, well, who do I throw in? But you know, I just don't think it's necessary to have the, like an extra spot designated for just a quarterback. Like I don't see why you couldn't like, if that's a concern, like you could have prime example, our boy Joe Webb for the bills was like that special teams stud and also third string quarterback, but no, like all joking aside, like it's, it's weird how like they would grant a 47 spot just for a quarterback. Like I understand it kind of like i kind of think of it as like the nhl they have like the e-bug for the goalie but yeah, that's true but i don't know like I, I don't see why it has to be like a new rule you know I, I feel like they should be doing other things rather than doing like something like that i mean listen in the past before like years ago the 46th spot was designated for the third quarterback. And then the NFL made a rule where you could have, you could open that position up to anyone and teams have voluntarily like strategically were like, Oh, why would we carry a third quarterback when we could carry, I don't know, a ninth offensive lineman or another wide receiver active? Like, why would we do that? So like, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, it, it sucks that the NFC championship game kind of kind of ruined, but like, Listen, the Niners got their two quarterbacks injured, like, and they had they strategically had two quarterbacks active. Like, I mean, you you weep what you sow. It, it sucks that it happened in a big moment, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, as you, I completely forgot about the Joe Webb thing. I can't believe anything about that. But that happened yeah. to the Bills in a big game. That you know, Peter, what Tyrod had a knee injury was out. Peter mm-hmm. got concussed, and here you go, big Joe Webb slinging <laughs> the football in snowy conditions, but. I, I just to me this rule is just an overreaction to what happened in the playoffs and it was the 49ers fault for the most part why they, they they listen every team has the option to, you can have 10 quarterbacks active if you wanted to every team chooses to have two now does it really change anything for the bills not really because they're not going to carry Matt Barkley on the active roster so I don't know I guess it, it doesn't really impact my team I don't know like what team would this I mean, I guess maybe like the Dolphins with Tua, they would carry an extra quarterback with his injury concern. Maybe if Aaron Rodgers, you already have Zach Wilson. Did you see Tua beefing up this year? He's he's dead. The side by side. You said Aaron Rodgers is already injured. <laughs> What'd you say? Aaron Rodgers already like sprained his. They calf tweaked and... his tweaked his calf running running with the the weights behind him or whatever. He's mm-hmm. lucky. I, honestly, got a calf injury is like very be close, bad. very close to like could have been a potential Achilles injury. So like. Uh, Maybe maybe yeah. don't show a video of him running on a seven on seven touchdown, but <laughs> yeah. and the Patriots yeah. got in trouble for yeah, so they, they lost two What they do? Um, they violated some condition with the off work team workouts, and they got oh. their OTAs pretty much on par for Billy Boy Belichick up there in New England in Foxborough. Yeah. So, but <laughs> so then the second rule. Which got passed. I can't believe the Bills voted yes to this. I'm kind of sh- so it, it has to be a 24 to 8, uh, you know, 75% vote. And the Bills actually voted yes to the Thursday night football flex rule, 
where the NFL now in week 13 to 17 has two instances where they could flex out Thursday night football and they had to give about like a month in advance, 28 days to be exact. This is another rule where I just don't understand why they have to do this. Like I know that again, this isn't over. I feel like all these rules are just really over exaggerations of what happened last year, but like yeah, hyperbole, if you will, overreactions, overreaction to the fact that this Thursday night game sucked last year. I don't know. Maybe schedule better Thursday night football games. Maybe like, don't put Russell Wilson on every Amazon prime game. And then you might have a good Thursday night football season. That's all I got to <laughs> say. All right. Like what, what were after week one and you saw that team played, you couldn't have picked out, Hey, let's, let's move it around. But I, I don't know. I, I agree with yeah. you, Dom, in the fact where it's kind of like an absolute overreaction to a bad team playing consistently on Thursday night football last season where that's not going to happen every season, but what, whatever, I feel like, you know, it's just kind of a meh rule change. No, I mean, I've never really been a fan of Thursday night football. Like, I don't know. I was always kind of forgot like that it was on or something. Um, unless like the bills were playing. So I don't know. I just, I think Dom's completely right in saying like last year, it seemed like every Thursday night football game is awful. And they just want to be more competitive when I don't know. I just, it's like even the players come out and say they hate Thursday night football. And then the league's just like, well, it makes us money. So we don't really care what you have to say. Especially, no, when, especially when Bezos buys it. I mean, that, well, that's, that's some serious cash right there. I guess, I guess this also, this is another rule that I don't really think will impact the bills this year because week 13 is their bye week. So yeah, we can't get flexed on the Thursday night football on your bye week. The next week they're in Arrowhead, four twenty-five. There's no way CBS is letting Amazon take that game. No, that's CBS's fans. golden game for the past three years. They're not giving that away. Yeah. Week fifteen, four twenty-five. Fox, the Cowboys come down. Ain't no way the Fox is letting a Cowboys game get taken to Amazon. Oh for two, well for three. Week sixteen is the Saturday Peacock Chargers game. Ain't no way that's getting flexed out. So now you're no. all for, and then the I only hate chance- that too. I hate Peacock, dumb. but whatever. The only the only uh game that I could see potentially being flexed to Thursday is the Week 17 Patriots 1 p.m. game, which sucks for people who work at the stadium, <clears throat> Mike and I, because that's a home game, and if that got flexed to Sunday I mean Thursday, that would be really annoying. But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's the only game that I could see. I mean, obviously, like all the other games, I guess have opportunities except the really the Chargers and the bye week. But there's no way Fox and CBS are letting those the Chiefs Cowboys game slip away. But I guess the Patriots game has an opportunity. I probably should actually. Well, you guys discuss. It. I'm going to look up the Thursday football schedule. I guess yeah, I I mean, you're absolutely right. Cowboys with all that history, absolutely not. Uh, Chiefs, like I said, that game has been the golden game for CBS for the past three, four seasons now. I want to say, you know, Jim and Jim and Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call. Tony Romo freaking out in the booth when Mahomes or Allen do something absolutely insane. Like it, you can't, you, you're, they're not giving that away. And I mean, Thursday night football. I, I don't know. It's the same thing with the Peacock thing. Like, I just, I hate how they're on the streaming platforms now. I don't know how you feel about that. Like, of course, local games we're still going to get. Like, that's not a big deal. Your local team, you're still going to be able to see. But it's still, it's it's like, I feel like I used to like it when football was just for, for everyone on the Sunday. I, if you had cable, you could watch a game anywhere or at, at any time. And I feel like we're kind of straying away from that in the interest of money. We're, we're leaving the game behind, you know. But, I, Mike, what do you think about that? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely thought. um no, it's definitely revenue like based like 
Yeah. They realized that the games, one, moving to a streaming service, I think, took a hit. And then if if they're bad games, like no one's going to take the time to subscribe to Amazon Prime to watch <laughs> bad football. So obviously the league's like, well, they, they love, for example, last year we saw how many primetime games Denver had at the beginning of the year, thinking they're going to be like this golden team with Russell Wilson now. They sucked, and <laughs> and you know, they it really bit them that they couldn't flex those games out. That's what I want to flex them. Well, the the the, the week seventeen Thursday night game is Jets Browns, so um, that's an all right game. I mean, I don't know. I think Bills Patriots may be better, but it also matters how good the Jets are and matters how good the Patriots are. To be equally honest, right? If the Patriot, if all four teams in the AFC East are contending at that point, like to go to the playoffs, like. That's when you might have that game flexed, I would agree. But well, also week fourteen is Patriots Steelers, so I don't know would they have the Patriots on Thursday night potentially two times in a four week span? Probably not. So I don't yeah. know that game could also be flexed. Mm-hmm. To be honest, McCorkle That's... versus Pickett, what a matchup! Oh man, maybe Bailey Zappi at that point in the season. We know Bill gets switch happy again, swapping yeah. players out like that. So, well, also one thing, did you guys see this? The Commanders might have to go back to football team because they couldn't land the trademark or copyright for the name Commanders. Well, they got they got a what's it called? They had to bargain with the person that has the trademark or whatever. Now. Yeah, I, do, wouldn't you? Honestly, I feel like football team's a better name than the Commanders at this point. You know what I mean? Like, it, like it's more synonymous. I mean, I don't know like, about oh, that because I don't know what, what kind of merch you could probably. I mean, it's just kind of like I'm not saying Commanders is a good name. It's not. It's. it's I, pretty... I I think they should have been the Red Tails. I thought that was kind of cool. Ooh. I think they should have been the Senators, but that's just me. Listen, the movie The Replacements with Keanu Reeves. If if neither of you have seen that movie or anyone out there has not seen that movie, that's a great movie. I would definitely go watch that. Their name. It wasn't the Commanders. It was in Seattle, but it was the Washington Sentinels. That is ten times better than the Commanders. Like, come on, like, like, what are we, what are we pulling on here? Like, yeah, anyway. Commander Cody, Commander Cody. Oh, we're now we're now we're breaching Star Wars territory. This could get dangerous but, right now. We can but, go to uh, a rabbit hole. Yeah, it is a rabbit hole. The third <laughs> rule change off transition is yeah. that they're doing the XFL kickoff rules, college rules, where um, regardless of where you catch the ball on a fair catch. If you fair catch it, it's gonna go to the twenty-five. Um, I understand it. It's to it's for medical purposes. Obviously, kickoffs are one of the more de- probably the most dangerous play in football. To be completely honest, um, and they want to try and limit those as much as possible. I will say this is this this rule. I will say has a big impact on the Bills. I think because the Bills are a team that invest heavily in special teams. They notoriously kick the ball short of the end zone to try and get teams inside the 25-yard line. And if people could just fair catch the ball at the two-yard line and get it to the 25, yeah. it really impacts the Bills. So um, you know, I was listening to Joe Marino on Lockdown Bills, and he said everyone's going to zig, where it means like everyone's going to like not value special teams and kind of like maybe not have any as much core special teamers um, as as normal, the bill he believes the Bills should zag and go heavily in the return game and be like, yeah, you you're not gonna have special teamers. We're gonna have your freaking athletic wide receiver that can only play offense, tackle nine Himes and the kickoff return game. I thought that was an interesting move, a, a interesting theory. I think I think that would work. I th- I do think like teams, I do think some of the smart organizations are gonna see this and be like, all right, like we may not get the the value lost of our I don't know. 
not return. What's the is like kick defense? I don't know how what the prop proper like. Um, I don't know what the proper term is. You know, maybe you're, you're talking about it's not kick return. It's I don't remember, but like the the value lost in that could be if you change that and put the kickoff to your advantage, maybe. And we saw that times bring two touchdowns back in one game. So I don't know. That's yeah. an interesting theory. I think it's just it takes away the whole value of having a good kicker for or, or kickoff kicker, right? Like you, you, like you said, the Bills like to drop it within the five yard line if they can, and now now you're just gonna throw your arms in the air and you're gonna be at the twenty. It's like a punt. Like why? I feel like you're Will taking we see more script kicks. Yes, I you think might, it does. Actually. I think it does take away from special teams players. Yeah. I think you know we see like like you were saying how the Bills value their special teamers. You know, we had Taiwan Jones for all those years. You have Matikevich. Just, you know, I, I feel like they become more, even more obsolete than they've already become with special teams. Cause it's like, well, I mean, it is an asset of the game. That's like being forgotten. I think Jason Kelsey had the quote where it's like, they, it was something about like, um, or like losing the respect for special teamers or like, yeah. Special teams are going to become like a thing of the past. And it's like, you know, I understand like the, the injury standpoint, how like that's where a lot of guys get injured. And, you know, obviously we don't want to see guys get hurt. But at the same time, like that is an important part of the game. And a lot of players, like they're just special teamers. So if you take them out of the game, then, you know, you're changing. You're actually completely changing the game, honestly, if you take out special teams. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge chunk of the game that you're not going to really able to like throw the game. Yeah, I mean, like. I don't know. Look at the Bills Dolphins game last year, right? Yes, it's a punt, right? But special teams changed that game, right? Like, yeah, like it. Dolphins favor. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. And also, I mean, the Bills just signed Tyler Bass an extension, and one of the big reasons why I think they're comfortable giving him the extension is, yeah, he's a good kicker, and it's hard to find a good kicker, especially you know to deal with the weather in Buffalo. But he's also one of the guys that's a very good kickoff, like kicker. Like, there's not. Not, not all kickers are your kickoff got people because not all of them are really good at it. And Tyler Bass is really one of the values that Tyler Bass does is he doesn't need like you don't need like Corey Bajorquez or like your punter to be the kickoff person. Like he's a good kicker and a good kickoff you know specialist as well. And two yeah. and one that's that's part of the value. I just wonder like if this rule came out before his contract extension, I just want maybe the figure on his contract would have been lower because I I think this hurt this hurts him probably. I, this hurts. The biggest losers are Tyler Bass and core special teamers. Look, I guess I should say kickers who va- who are good kickoff. Also, I guess honest to God, probably punters too. I I, I do think like we're gonna have like people like people that have weak kickers for kickoff have to value a good punter that could do both, and that's valuable for the punter in contract negotiations. Now that they lose that, and they're just punters now, pretty much for the most part, like. Because now the kickoff guy could just freaking kick the ball and, like, it doesn't matter if they line drive it or whatever because most of the time it's not going to get returned. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's just, again, like I said, and like you guys have said, I feel like it takes away from an important part of the game, but we're going to have to see how that plays out here. In the coming season, it'll be interesting. Maybe they can change it back if it really doesn't work. I don't think they will. The NFL normally, when they make rule changes, kind of stick to it. So... I don't know. Is there any any other rule change stuff you want to chat about before we move into the mysterious mixing missing Stefan Diggs at uh, OTAs? The milk carton? No. <laughs> yeah, his face his face is on the side of every milk carton in the Orchard Park Buffalo area. Um, he's he's struggling. Like they they 
they, people can't seem to understand that just because someone is not at OTAs, it is an optional thing, right? Poyer last year, we have an episode titled The Tale of the Missing Poyer, where we're like dismissing all of the, you know, like the, the people saying that, oh, they're not with the team, all this stuff. Poyer last year got injured, but he was with the team every step of the way throughout the season. And he's back this season for a reason. So do not do not. It's like the people saying he wasn't coming back to the Bills or whatever. How stupid. I'm sorry. Like OTAs are nothing. Optional is in the name. It's not a big deal. Diggs will be here for the mandatory training camp. There's no question about it. He's here for the guys. He was at the Met Gala. He's been enjoying his offseason. Let him let him cook. Let him enjoy his offseason so he's ready back in Buffalo for trading camp in the regular season to go off, okay? Optional. Optional trading. He's going off here. I'm Got sorry. Him. It's all over Twitter. I just don't want to see it anymore. Like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. He's a diva. Expect the unexpected with that guy, truthfully. He's coming back to the Bills. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I mean, say. you always see big name players. They don't go to OTAs. And, you know, like we said, like, it's not that like bearing of a thing if you don't show up because um, it's what, like a week of practices. Yeah. We and do yeah. And we don't even know, like, they're not even like that in depth or anything unless you're in New England and like just going all out for some reason and losing yeah, practices, cheating. cheating. Yeah. Anyway. You know, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really mean much to me that Diggs isn't there. Like, yeah, it would be nice, you know, just to have all the players there so we don't have, like, this, this stupid media being like, oh, Diggs wants out, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, if no one showed up, like, it doesn't mean anything because it's just optional. And honestly, like, how much, how much do they really get done on the field during OTAs anyway? Like, it's... I don't know. I feel like at this point in the season, it's like way too early to be like concerned if someone's not there. It's literally their off season. So, yeah. I mean, just to cut you off real quick, Carolina just scored to tie the game with three minutes to go. Oh, come on, um, Florida. Give me the right, I'm going to be honest with you. I want Florida to win, but at the same time, okay. I, I, would, like, I would like Carolina to win because then it makes more games happen. So, you know, I'm all for it. Oh, Give my me the boy. sweep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree what you're, you're saying. I, I still say this for him to be a captain and he was there last year. I don't think it's absolutely nothing like what Joe was saying. I do think like he's, I think it's clear that he is very still upset for what happened at the end of last season. And I just hope that that doesn't impact this season. And again, there's just no way. I said, I said this again. There's no way they could get out of his contract in like next year or two. So like, or the next couple of years for that matter. So like, he is going to be a Buffalo Bill for the next couple of years. There's nothing he could do about. It. There's no way the Bills are gonna move him because the the dead cap that it will create. So that's like the the nuclear option is that there's just no way they could actually move him. And listen, he's getting paid a lot of money. As Joe said, he's a diva. I mean, there's there's no there's no listen. We can all like Diggs. He seems like a good dude, and he's really good at football. But he is kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit diva. And I guess as number one receiver, you have you have to have that like moxie to, you know, to get to this level. Um, but I'm not surprised that he missed OTAs. But at the same time, as Mike said, I wish he was there so we could stop talking about this. But I guess we're just gonna, I'm just yeah. gonna keep going. It won't stop until he shows his face somewhere. So just. Be prepared to see it on your Twitter feed, wherever you get your sports news from, whatever. It'll it'll be there. Bill's news, whatever. But, I mean, 
Dom, you got you got something from Sam Monson of PFF in here. You want to you want to one second before before we go in that. I just want to say my boy Josh looking pretty dialed in. Everyone's saying how this is his most dialed in he's ever been. So. Well, no no distractions from a girlfriend. I mean, how could you not be dialed in? Is the question. You know, I mean that what we're looking at it. He's maybe it gives him an MVP in a Super Bowl ring. Maybe I would love it. I would love it. I would love to see it. He's got Thank the visor on. He's back in play. Yeah, well, that's that, you know, some exciting for that. Apparently, uh, the rookie Dorian Williams is practicing for the middle linebacker position, so that seems cool. Sean McDermott seems very amped up to be a DC again. I shouldn't say DC, but play call, defensive play caller again. So excited to see what he has to do. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, Josh credited my boy Trent Sherfield, most underrated Bill signing of the offseason. So. Demar was back practicing too. No, Demar was back, and he was doing drills. They originally said he was not going to be doing drills. He was doing drills, and we saw Josh and number eighty-six Dalton Kincaid. So, I, I still, I, I, if he had a better number, I think he would be my jersey. But like, I just go eighty-six, man. Yeah, I any, really, any. Really uh... I just really can't get there for eighty-six. It's just not a great number. I just, I, I really can't get there. If it was like, 80, I think, he, I think Ben can rock eighty-six. Any updates know. On, on your jersey thoughts, though? Any other thoughts creeping in? No, I mean, I don't really. I mean, he, I, if his number was like 87, like Gronk, like I think no, that would be a cool number. Don't, don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I had to, but like, I mean, not 88, that's a good number too. 89 is like, I don't know, 86 is just kind of, it, it's just a definition of meh. And I don't know if I want to, I don't know. Also, Tremaine wore 49, that was kind of a weird number for a linebacker, but. Get Dorian, the replacement. What's he, 42? Okay, yeah, I'm going to get a third-round rookie who might just be a core special teamer. Yeah, I'm going to spend that money. What am I, Do Michael? It. Spending Do money on ETFs. Steven Hauschka, Richie Incognito. Going down the yeah, list. I mean, I don't I don't know. I might just fanboy. What about your boy Trent Sherfield, you just said? See, I can always get Josh, though, so I don't really want – I don't know. I, I, no, I think I will get... don't be Josh. Don't be – don't be a, be, a, be, a, be a leader, not a follower. Yeah, I have like 50 years to get a Josh jersey. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to get Kincaid. It's leaning Kincaid at the moment, but I don't really have a second option. Maybe like Trey White, but I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. We're TBD. We're, we're, we're still, you know, we're still mulling our options. A lot, lot to be considered uh, at the moment. But back Vaughn. where we were. What do you say? Vaughn. Oh, you know what? I actually completely forgot about Vaughn. I forgot that he was on this team. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is like I sometimes forget that we have Von Miller. Just kind of a bizarre, yeah. No, I, bizarre I, I, me too. I know you all me of a sudden too. you just wake up even if he was healthy, even if he was 100 penalty. I, I would, I would, honestly, I got, I, I was thinking of Mike. I, I, I just, sometimes it's just very honestly. Yeah, but see, Von's wearing what 40? Like that's also kind of a yeah, it's yeah. an all right number. I mean, the 58 is a better number, but we all know he was wearing 58. So he's not getting that Matthew. number. Matthew, <laughs> get Torrance, Osiris, Cyborg. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I think me being six three, one hundred seventy pounds, I should get like a guy that's similar build, not the, the biggest. Guy. Oh, so Dalton Kincaid is a similar build to you? Uh huh. Yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, he's yeah, tall, a, a little bit. Like, I mean, he's like got like eighty pounds on me, but like, I think it's I think it's not far off. I mean. Tall, lengthy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. It's closer than Cyborg. Cyborg is like six five, three thirty. Bro, I gotta get a Boston Scott jersey. I'm like, I'm like half his weight. Darren Sproles. 
<laughs> or Doug Flutie. Oh, wait. Oh, man. He's already got a hey, Doug Flutie. I do have the Doug Flutie jersey. Back when would have won that would have won that Tennessee uh, playoff game if you'd played. So yeah, yeah, the and you wore it. You wore it to the Titans game where they won 40, 41 to seven. Is that is that my right on that? Yeah, forty one to like seven. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, they just scored four point three seconds left. They're gonna win the series. Florida. Yes. Really? Matt wow. to score the power player four seconds to go. I think did Matt Chuck really score the goal? Look at that. I think so I think they're gonna challenge though for goal interference because why not? But yeah. Oh my! I should have turned on the game. I was just too oh, lazy to turn on my TV. I'm hearing reactions five, behind five, me. Baby. Okay, from, back where I was because I'm the peanut gallery. Yeah, you're you're four. If they win, you're four games away from winning five dollars. Look at that! Look I at bet that. that we said at the start of the playoffs was I was going to win the five dollars. You have a very high chance of winning five. I don't have. Okay, I still have an under fifty percent chance. Of hey, it's more. Of if a we're being honest, if it's no, only a dude, I'd say if Florida makes the play, the Stanley Cup, like. Dude, they, they, they play winning. the Knights, they're going to be underdogs, so that's still under 50. Yeah, but I think they they are the underdogs, though. But Brovsky's like, so dialed right now. Oh, no, that's not going to be It's GG's. Yeah. It's GG's. Okay, Jeez. back where I was before you got actually distracted. Oh. Sam Monson. Sam Monson, PFF, ranked his top 10 quarterbacks going into the season. At number two, he had our boy Joshua. I only bring this up because everyone was flipping crap that Josh is number two. Obviously, it's pretty clear who's number one. Patty Mahomes, probably number one for the next decade. I don't think there's – I said this, I think, last offseason that if Josh had the MVP and won the Super Bowl, the gap would have been closed. But now with Mahomes winning the, MV, the opposite happening and Mahomes winning the MVP and getting the second Super Bowl, it, it, the gap is just – it's it's more it's like it's grown. The, the gap between Mahomes and like the next quarterback is honestly probably a tier at this point because there's no way even if you said it Mike with about single Josh if he wins the MVP in the Super Bowl like he's gonna have to do that twice and at that point then the gap would have been closed like he's multiple seasons away from even closing the gap so back I digress. P- Bengals fans were salty because I think Burrow is three. Other people were complaining because Hertz was not number two. Um, I think Herbert was a, a high up there. Just general thoughts on on, on the Bengals fans getting salty, and I guess it's somewhat. Eager I can understand him. why because like he came into Buffalo and beat us, and yeah, he's been to a Super Bowl while Allen hasn't. But I don't know. Like I don't know if this is my bias, but like if I was picking between Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, I'm, I'm going to pick Josh Allen. I feel like yeah, I feel like Josh player. Allen's. I feel like. Because I know Joe Burrow is athletic, but I think Allen's athleticism is superior to Burrow's, and I think that's oh. a huge part of Allen's game, and I think that's a huge part of being, honestly, a successful quarterback now. Like I'm not saying Joe Burrow is not athletic or anything, but I definitely say Allen is more likely to run through you than Joe Burrow is. I have I have one question for the peanut. And I think he has a stronger arm. Yes. Well, gunslinger. Yeah. First of all, he can bomb the ball. Second of all, has Joe Burrow ever hurdled anybody mid game? No, I don't. That's no. that's that, that's the athleticism right there. I will say, I, think, I will I say this separates the two. I just want to, I just want to interject. There was like a list of like the top ten college quarterbacks of the past like twenty years, like of the century or something. I am like shocked that Baker was number one on this list. I couldn't believe it. Maybe they were going off of college, just kind of like not. Uh, no, it was it was college career, I guess. I think it was career. Mm. I would have thought like 
Vince Young. Vince Young. Or Leinert. like, I don't know. Like, I Burrow. did not think Baker would be number one. Burrow was like five. Baker had a really good. Baker had a good career, but because he was, well, he had three years of Oklahoma because they didn't make the playoff the one year. But yeah, but, yeah, but he didn't win anything. Random. I mean, yeah, but he didn't win. Yeah, anything. I don't know. Burrow had arguably the best season ever. Yeah, though. like that LSU team was just disgusting. I think the main. Also, reading the list, I didn't even realize this. Herbert is four. Rogers is five, Lamar is six, Hertz is seven. So sheesh to that. Um, but more, more well, focusing. I'll I'll go just to that point. I'll agree with that because Lamar has an MVP. Rogers has three MVPs in a Super Bowl. Hertz has had one good year. Whatever. Don't care about any Rogers. <laughs> Hertz has had one good year, and as a starter. So how can you put him over someone who's more established like Lamar, like Aaron Rodgers? Honestly, even like Justin Herbert, I would say he's more established than Jalen Hurts right now. No, that t- the top six he has is AFC. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just think Jalen Hurts is in, like Super Bowl forms is pretty elite, but I can understand the roster, how good he is. But I guess that's my point with Allen right now over Burrow is that I think Allen had, has less around him. And also the last two years, Allen has, you know, been the mainstay of more effective offenses like every analytical thing has josh being like i think number two in epa per play over mahomes and burrows like seventh or something like burrows been very good the last two years but josh the the bills offense has been better than the Bengals offense the last two years in the regular season for sure and then even in the postseason not last year but the year before they were better um they just got 13 seconds so I can understand their frustration because Burrow outplayed Josh and Josh did not play well and the Bengals beat them in Buffalo. Yeah. Um but I don't I just to me it's not a one game thing. Like if I don't know like if Allen would have beat Mahomes in twenty one but then lost to Burrow in twenty one, I still wouldn't have I probably still wouldn't have said Allen's the best quarterback. Maybe I would have because I'm biased, but I just think like a one game win over someone in the playoffs, especially when it's the first matchup, and you know there's going to be more. I just think the body of work Allen has a little bit more of an advantage of. But I mean, it's an interesting debate, and I think if I was, I mean, obviously if I was apps, I'd probably be a little mad if I was Cincy fans. But I just think Allen is a far superior athlete, and maybe Joe Burrow is better at taking care of the football and maybe you mm-hmm. know doing more quarterbacky things than Josh, but. I just think Josh's being an athlete gives him an advantage at the proper moment. I would agree. And his arms a bazooka. Yeah. I mean, I, again, biases, whatever. I mean, that you can have your own opinions. It doesn't matter. I mean, truthfully, they're all good quarterbacks at the end of the day. But Hurts, I do agree, has had one good season. We got to see where that goes. But, I mean, everyone on this list deserves to be on the list. It's just wherever you put them, you put them at that point. But I think that does it for our bills talk today gentlemen any any other lingering thoughts before we move into the buffalo sabers no no all clear all righty well that as i said is going to do it for this bills topic for today but before we move into the sabers i just want to bring up the sports bring people together podcast you should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports and who knows where the chats will take you but sports got us all here together in the first place find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or simply visit sports e plus we are back here with the Buffalonian podcast. Joe's, of course, having technical difficulties for the 
we're in a, I think we're in a four week uh, streak of that. So Michael and I are taking the reins of the Sabres talk until he potentially gets back. Who knows? Maybe he's getting kidnapped right now. We 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 don't know. Oh geez. Yeah, we lost we lost connection with him, but in true Buffalonian fashion, we leave a man behind, but we will continue <laughs> the run. Power through, man. <laughs> power through. Literally power through. Um, power through. So before talking about the Sabres, a quick shout out to the Rochester Americans for taking down Toronto. Shocker, a Toronto team choked in the playoffs. Where have we <laughs> seen this this story before? But uh, they beat the Marlies eight to four. J- Joseph Wall, the goaltender that lost game five, game five to Florida in their actual NHL series, came down and gave up an eight spot. Uh, credit to him. Real tough performance for that guy. This wasn't <laughs> ready. It was you know maybe he should stay in the NHL. Just wasn't ready for the AHL playoffs. It's just nah, man. The wagon of the Rochester Americans, but and then the the Amherst have started their seven game series against Hershey. Uh, this is now a seven game series. The other ones were you know best of five. They're now in the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe. What it's actually called, so the Final Four, uh, and they won Game One five to one, very convincingly. Uh, Yuri Kulish did not score, which snapped his six game goal streak, but he did get an assist, so he's on a seven game point streak. So Credit to the young lad. Uh, Subban played pretty well. It was a pretty dominant performance. I mean, they jumped on them pretty early, and uh, they kind of just rode it home from there. Other Rochester news that, is some, that caught the eye is Matt Savoy has reported to Rochester because his Winnipeg, I don't know what their name is, but in the WHL got smoked by Seattle in the finals uh, in five games. So Matt Savoy, season ended in the juniors, and for every reason, you know, he's not allowed to play next year in the AHL, but he's allowed to play in the AHL now because his junior season ended. <laughs> Someone could tell me how that makes any sense, but it, you know, it just doesn't. But welcome to the national, welcome to welcome to hockey. Um, he is not, he did not play in game one, but he did take you know practice with the team, warm ups, and Seth Abbott, the head coach of the Amherst, did say he was going to get some action. So I think that's a very good test. I'm not saying it's like everything. But, like, I think that would be a pretty good test because he was playing playoff junior hockey. So, I wouldn't be, I think he'd be, you know, he'd be able to go into the AHL playoffs. And he's obviously highly skilled, but it'd be a good, you know, test to see where, where he's truly at. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there was, um, who was the other rookie they did that with? Mm, I know what you're talking Blanking about. on his name. Mm. They did that with the other, the other rookie. They signed from juniors. Just, I mean, more than likely, no. going to get. Yes, no, no. He's injured. You. I think he injured himself. <laughs> Great. Either way, I think it's good that they're at least in a professional hockey environment. Like I know it's the American League, but like I know this is a flashback. But we see how the 0405 lockout. You know how that benefited the Sabers. You know with Miller down there, Pominville, Roy, Gostad, all those guys down in the minors for that whole year. And then they come back in 05-06 and are one of the best teams in the league. So I think Kevin Adams has done a really good job at like focusing on building an American League system because he he's definitely committed to building with, from within. And that's a very, very good approach. Because, I mean, I think we've seen like our own players really come up the ring. Like Jack Quinn and Paterka last year played in Rochester, dominated, came up, and had really good rookie years. So I think 
the fact that Rochester right now is in the Eastern Conference Finals is just really encouraging because, yeah, we don't have a lot of guys with playoff experience on our roster right now. And this is kind of like going to give our rookies some extra playing time, that playoff experience. They can bring that up to the NHL and hopefully get some playoff experience in the NHL next year. Well, yeah, that's why I'm always for like Paterka and Quinn Cubs being in the world championships for their countries, like international competition as well. Like it just puts pressure on you. And I think that's really beneficial for the Sabres developing. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, been a, a change in systems from a very veteran laid Rochester teams under Botterell and Taylor to now under Kamanos, Adams, you know, Abbott, more of a young, young gun. Oh, oh. He looks like he's back. He did not get abducted, Dom. Good. We could. We don't have to put him on a milk carton. I'm back. No, no not like Stefan Diggs. Yeah. yeah, not next to Stefan Diggs or Austin Matthews. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> back, back. Austin Matthews for the and uh, what was it? A first round pick for the first overall pick? No, it was Austin Matthews. Yeah, it was Austin Matthews in a second for the first. Oh, overall. second round pick for the first overall. Yeah, pick. they had yeah. to add. They had to add. Um, oh my god. It's so dumb, but yeah. So uh, Amherst took game one. Uh, game two is tomorrow. So when this comes up, it's uh, shout out to our days. anthem singer Malcolm Subban for playing really good hockey right now, dude. He's yeah. a solid AHL goaltender. Man, dude gotta, is yeah. You gotta respect it. So transitioning from Amherst Amherst portion to Sabers portion, we actually did get some news today. So you know, good for us. We picked the right day to do a podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, captain, Kyle, my captain. Yeah, Kyle Postal resigns one year, two point five million dollars. Some people are really flipping out on like the the two point five million dollars. It's like, dudes, we're not. We need to hit the. Floor. We need to hit a cap floor, people. I don't like, know if it's. I don't. I don't. I'm not concerned that they're going to hit the cap floor, but they're nowhere near the cap. So like, yeah. Yeah. it's also one year. So who really cares? I mean, obviously they gave him like one year, five million. I'd be like, all right, well, like that's kind of like throwing around money to throw around money. Like Terry, you know. Pagulas are all care about being cheap and stuff, and that would be kind of like excessive. But yeah, two point five mil one year. I mean, I think at the end of last year, I was very anti this. I don't know if anti is the right word, but I think this comes to the fact of there's just not a lot of spots available at Ford. Um, and we say it with Rochester, like they have a lot of really good young forwards on the team of Rosine, Kulik, and like Ro- Lucas Rosick, who's the kind of guy that I kind of wanted to see get a shot. You know, we saw him play a couple games in the NHL, and he looked really good. Like, there's a couple of prospects that are just like fourth line prospects that I think could potentially make an impact on the team. But it just matters that they're going to have an opportunity to play. And with Oposa coming back, listen, he's 16 games away from a thousand, so I can understand him wanting to play another year if he's healthy. And you know, he hasn't had a concussion in a couple years. He's the captain of the team, so he's going to be great leadership wise. And listen, last year again, he was a very good defensive forward. Last year, it's just that offensively he didn't provide much and it looked like he had cement in his in his skates and i don't know how <laughs> i truly don't know how another year of playing is going to impact him but i mean i'd be interested if like there's some kind of agreement like kind of pulling mba and being like load management and be like hey you're only going to play like you know you're gonna take a third of the season off you're only gonna play like, i mean they want game. him to hit the thousand game mark like that's and 16 games so if thing. he plays like 55 games and like you kind of rotate like the 13th forward in i'd be down for that it's kind of a little bit like a Craig Anderson situation from this year, which is, I mean, could, I mean, a couple, yeah, put your hands up. A couple yeah, months and ago. Who got, 
Who got blasted for that take? Oh man. Okay. I do remember a nice argument or debate that occurred. But it's a little debate. Yeah, I mean, arguably the best goaltender on the team last year. He was the best goaltender on the team, but somehow you didn't vote for him to be the Vesna winner. So no, I didn't. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) but I mean, listen, I don't mind the move. I think. It seemed after the end of the year he was going to come back because they didn't do a huge ceremony for him like they did Anderson after the Ottawa home, you know, the home finale. So it seemed like he was going to be back. If he could play like he did last year and kind of be more of a low management, kind of like that 12th, 13th forward, um, and still provide that good leadership, I'm fine for it. I do think this is interesting that I don't, I don't know. I just feel like they can't bring back both him and Gergensen's, but it seems more likely that they will. But, um, the projection for Gergensen's contract was like three years. Also, this is another one that made me mad. The people that project contracts had a post of a one year, 1.3. And they were, although they were like, oh, it's a little rich at 2.5. Again, like this is what I'm going to say. It's it's one year and they're not going to spend close to the cap. So like, what what are we, what, we're really going to complain about a million dollars. I know that's, uh, when you're a cap strap team, you can complain about that stuff. This, the Sabres are not close to that problem. But Gergensen's projected Count. I want to go into Gergensen because I think I think this is like kind okay. of a segue in it. Is three years, two point three million dollars. I will say this right now: if they sign him to that contract, I'm gonna be pretty pissed. Isn't that I, what was his contract before? Three years, two million a year, two point four, two point one, something like that. Then he didn't he blow out his hamstring also. He missed the entire first year of his yeah. contract. Yeah, I, I mean. I don't know, man. Like, listen, I can understand, like, you're going to be like, oh, leadership, he's been with the team for so long. But if he's, like, saying, I want a long, not it's not a long-term deal, but a multi-year deal or I'm out, like, I'm just kind of like, okay, dude, like, I can replace you with Ruzek, who's younger and better. Not, I don't know, better, but, like, can fill the role and potentially grow. And it's also, like, the Sabres are going to add vets in the room. Like, I don't know where this, like, d- like, all those guys are a year younger. I mean, you're younger, Jesus. Benjamin Bunning, but a year older, they're going to add a veteran defenseman on the back end. They're going to add a veteran goaltender as well. I assume that they might add a veteran forward if they let Gergensen go. So it's not like they're going to get like incredibly, and they got Oposo back. So it's not like they're losing. I don't know. I just think the whole leadership thing doesn't make a lot of sense. And listen, he's a good fourth liner, but like, is there an opportunity for us to get it maybe a little younger, a little cheaper? I don't know. Uh, I agree. Like I, I'm a huge Zemis Gergensen fan. I mean, I have his jersey. You jersey. I do his Reebok mm-hmm. too. Um, Ooh, you know, right there. a true I've fan. Been a, I've been a you know a big fan of his while he's been a Saber, and you know, uh, he he was an All Star. You know, got his entire country to vote for him. But I do agree. Like I, I don't think a three year deal for like two and a half million is is worth it. Like in the grand scheme of things, like we just have so many forward prospects coming up that I would rather give one of the prospects his spot and see where they can grow. And I know we said like right now we're not cap strapped, but like in a few years, like Darlene's going to need contract. Now power's going to need a contract. Um, talk will eventually need one. You're going to see Levi uh, and then eventually Savoy, Cooley, all of them. Like, Right now, yeah, we're in really good shape with cap. We have so much space, but like in the near future, we're not going to have that much cap space. And honestly, two and a half million dollars can make the difference of signing a player or not. Yeah, yeah. Like I, 
for like a prospect that could be like honestly like it's not if they signed him for like a one year deal I'd be I'd be I'd be annoyed because of the roster blockage but I would be like okay like I'm not gonna be complete like it's like the postal yeah. contract I'm not gonna be like complete I don't I'm not a post is a little different I'm more I would be more happy for I'm more happy that they brought postal back than Gurians for just for like being the captain team but just think about it, like in the third year of his contract two years from now as you point out Darlene will have a new contract. Powers contract will be up. Levi's contract, I believe, will be up because I think he burned a year, if I'm not mistaken. He did. So I think he did he burn a year. Years. We lost a year. Yeah, yeah. Quinn's contract will be up. Paterka's contract will be up. But that, that's five core guys. Uh, okay, I don't know. If Paterka and Quinn may not be core <laughs> core, but my point still stands. Important like, players. Guys, important players. All those five guys, and then you said it also with the Tuck extension. Um, I know his contract wouldn't be up at that point, but you probably would be looking to extend him, like. Two point five million dollars would be pretty expensive at that point for a defensive fourth line forward that right. you could find on the open market. I mean, we saw the Leafs do it, like Zach Austin Reese and all those. Like you could find a guy that could fit that kind of mold. So that's where I, I think they. I think it would be it'd be wise for them to maybe get a little bit younger, a little cheaper there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, sp- speaking of some young cheap players studs. that we're gonna have to pay some studs let's let's roll in here we are our, our weekly analysis our weekly grades of the lines from throughout the season here week two last week was a collective universal agreement all right like that that was a pretty good one i will say the top line here we go with the kid line or as we like to call them as we named them the lost boys line so you know, about that. can't can't say Lost Boys because, you know, the the, the confusion here, Dom, Dom's a triplet. So there's three of them. So they're, they're the Lost Boys. You know, we can't we can't we can't confuse them. Yeah, but you gotta put the emphasis on the T, the Lost Boys line. So arguably a better name than the kid line, if you ask any of us. But, you know, we'll 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 put that to bed. We've got Jack Quinn. Why am I? I, I completely just spaced. <laughs> I completely just spaced. We've got Quinn. Paterka and who's the other one? cousins cousins quid Paterka. That's who we have. I don't know why I just completely spaced out on that, but you're too busy. Focus on lost. Yes. The lost, the lo- I, I got lost in lost, but anyway, oh, we, we did it player by player. If I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's start out with our boy, Jack Quinn. He was mentioned a couple minutes ago. Okay. What I'll give him you... a B. That's just gonna... for... I was gonna be a B plus. That's that's where I was gonna give him. I was gonna be. I think I think he he showed some good offensive pow, um prowess. I think he was a much better two way player than I would have ever expected. Yes, and I think honestly, like I know towards the beginning of the year he got scratched a bit, and their their approach was like, well, watch and learn essentially. And honestly, as much as like maybe I'm not a fan of it, maybe it did work because I feel like he did improve. Um, coming out of that a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like he could have been, you know, obviously like better. But it was also his first year in the NHL, so it's like you gotta learn. I think a B is is appropriate grade. I I would agree. I, I'm actually gonna go B. Um, I think maybe how we ended the year, you would go B plus because at the end of the year he started to come on. Yeah, but I think we're looking at this from a season's perspective and. Listen, he played 75 games, and he was able to stay healthy for the most part. Obviously, he had a couple. I think he missed a couple games maybe because of injury, and then the rest were healthy scratched. 14 goals, 37 points. Like He had a pretty solid offensive season for a guy that wasn't really getting power play time. 
Um, my and listen, he was really strong defensively, and we saw him also on the top line when Tuck was injured. Kind of, you know, still be able to be that that two way presence on that line, keep that line moving. So, I think he had a really good year for his first rookie season for a guy that we all expected to kind of struggle as a, yeah. more of a one way forward, and for him to be a really solid two way player was very beneficial. But I think it's also true that he struggled for like about the two month, like from December to like February, like really struggled for that two months. Same thing with Turk. We'll get to him in a second. So that's why I can't get him higher than a B is because like he was, he was pretty poor those two months, but he start he, he came out, he came around midway, probably once the, you know, the calendar really hit February and, you know, he's played pretty well at the world championships and hopefully next year is his kind of like the 30 goal breakout kind of cousin season that we just saw. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to stick to my guns with the B plus. I, I think while you guys are both absolutely correct, he had, he, he, they showed that kid line really showed up a couple of weeks, but then they kind of disappeared. Right. I mean, they, they, he did Quinn did disappear, but I guess recency bias is kind of giving me the B plus like, like Dom might've mentioned, he did come on towards the end of the season. Once that February month hits, that's why I'm kind of edging towards the B plus over the B, but I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll give him a B plus, but next guy we'll do it. We'll go with Paterka next. Cause Dom, Dom mentioned him. So Dom, why don't, why don't you kick it off? Kick off oh, your grade man. for John Jason Paterka. Did you see his goal in the world championships? Mm-hmm. I did not. Yeah, it was really good. So he's played. He's played very well in the World Championships. Probably has been honest to God. Probably been the best saber at the World Championships. I would say. Canada still won't start Levi, which I think is stupid. So, um, JJ seventy-seven games, thirty-two points, twelve goals. Similar offensive production to Quinn. I think Quinn was a little bit better offensively, and then Quinn was. I mean, JJ was solid defensively. He wasn't like I, Quinn. Actually, had a really elite defensive season. Um. I, this is a tough grade. Um, I'm gonna go C plus. I I was close to saying B minus. I'm gonna go C plus. I think it was an above average season. Again, I think you had to give him credit because he played the entire season in Buffalo, and you know next year I think he's going to get a lot better. I don't think he had as good a year as Quinn overall. So that's why that's why I can't give B minus because that'd be too close to Quinn. I think Quinn was enough better where it, it mattered to that it's degree. a better grade. But I thought. He was very solid for the most part, but again, he disappeared for those two months, and then he also kind of disappeared a little bit, um, a little bit down the stretch right before they got on that hot streak at the end. Like he, but at the end of the season, we started to see, especially that Rangers game in in Massachusetts Garden, that he started to take over games a little bit. Um, I just think he needs to be a little bit better at, I don't know, being being a little stronger on the puck, a little more like north south with the puck and not as much east west in the offensive zone because he likes to skate around and then take a like that hard angle shot. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to get better at cutting into the net when he ha- when he gets the puck. Um and that's it's gonna become of more time and maybe a little stronger on the puck to war off the D, but a, a really solid season uh for JJ. So and C plus may be a little harsh, but I, he was solid. I I it's not harsh because you explained it the way it was like, you're not, you're not dissing him, but also you can't give him the same letter as, as Quinn, because they were not on the same level. Um, I, I think I would go with C. I don't even think I'd give him the plus. I, 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 it, again, not as harsh as you think. It's just where Quinn recovered from the fall to nowhere. Um, 
Paterka did and then didn't, it was a little iffier, but I, I think overall it was a decent season. Like there's no question about that. I think it's tough to last year. There were some outliers, like, like bad season. Like it was easier to throw these letters around, but a lot of players really came to who they are this season, including Paterka and Quinn and cousins who we'll get to. But I, I think, I think C C is my ending grade for him. Mike, what about you? I mean, I, I, I like the C plus, but I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm going to give him the B minus. That was, oh, that was the first one. That was the first one that came into my head when thinking of Paterka. Um, I think it showed flashes of being a solid top six forward, honestly. Um, I know it wasn't consistent enough throughout the season where, you know, we've all said like how he kind of had those lulls in the season kind of disappeared. Um, but like, like I said with Quinn, I think it's first year in the NHL. There's going to be growing pains. You're in your early 20s now. So just take from last year, learn. Use his confidence you're getting at the World Championships right now. Take that into next year, and maybe he has a breakout next year too. You know, I think yeah. I think we're all hoping that, you know, two years ago Tage Thompson was a breakout. Last year Dylan Cousins. It's like this year who who's going to be our, our breakout? Is it going to be Quinn Paterka, Owen Power, like even Levi? Like you can consider. So yeah. there's just a lot of guys that considered a breakout, and I think Paterka's going to take a lot from last season and uh, translate it to next year. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I think C is too low from your perspective, Joe, is, like, for me, a C is, like, you met expectations. And, like, my expectations were that he would play as close to 82 as possible. Yeah. And he did that, and he exceeded them a little bit because he was he was a sol- he was a third-line player with just inconsistencies. Uh, but at the end of the year, he became, he became, like, he produced a little bit like a top six, four, played like a top six forward the, the last, like, five or ish games and we see with the World Championship. So that's why it's the plus, but, yeah. I can, I, I can understand. I mean, again. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. It's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a subjective grading system at the end of the day. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's whatever. But the final guy, as Mike mentioned, a breakout player for the Sabres this past season, Dylan Cousins. Uh, I gotta get. I, I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm giving him. Ooh, ooh. Do I be super generous? That's the real question here. I don't. I don't know what to start off at here. I want to give him an A. I got. I got to give him an A. I, I gave Quinn the B plus. I gotta give. I gotta give Cousins the A. I mean, he really, like you said, it was Tage the year before, and it was Cousins this year. He he embodied what this team should be through and through, and he came to life with the kid line, and. You know, like, of course, there's a little faltering here and there, but he was he still was Dylan Cousins throughout the season. Like he didn't really falter all that much. And I I think truthfully, I mean, it's going to be exciting to see who the next guy is. I hope it's another one of the kid line guys. Um, But Cousins definitely an A on this season, breaking out the way he did. Dom, what about you? Uh, This this one's tough because I think. There's a lot of things that point to an A, but I'm gonna give him. What, a what's 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 uh so, dragging out thoughts. for you? Here are my thoughts on why I I'm not giving him quite the A. Is for like the positive 68 points, 30 goal season, 30 assist season, wait 30 more point improvement. Offensively was a lot better. Had power play production. Played in 81 games. Played mostly with two rookies, so you got to give him credit for that. Like, I know Quinn and Patrick are very skilled, and they played pretty solid, but in the inconsistencies of those guys definitely, I think, impacted his overall numbers offensively. If he played with, like, more consistently, like, with all, like 
if he was like playing of Tuck and Skinner all season, like I think he would have had an 80 point season. So the reason why I can't give him an A, and I guess maybe this is just me personally, is that I think two things. One, I think he has another step to go offensively. Like I think he could even be even better than he was this year. So okay. I think he has another step. But the re- the big reason why he has he's the A minus for me is defensively he was just didn't improve and he was pretty bad. Like he's not Bambi level of Tage Thompson, but he wasn't very good defensively this year. And again, two rookie wingers, whatever. But honest to God, like Quinn was pretty elite defensively and Paterka was pretty me- all right. Like Cousins was pretty poor in his own end. And I just think like I just believe it's hard to win in the NHL if your top two centermen are complete defensive liabilities. So like I'm I'm accepting Tage will always be a defensive liability. That's just kind of my I just believe that. Yeah. I think Cousins at least has the potential. Like Cousins has like that Bo Horvath reputation of being an elite two way sucky guy and he's not. And I think he has at least the opportunity where if he takes the jump, I think offensively and he gets just to be mediocre defensively, I think it will completely change the impact of the team. So I just think defensively, I can't give him the A because he was very one. But then I, I don't know. It, it's close. He's like right on the marker for me. Yeah, I'll I'll give him the A. I'll agree with Joe. I think I think his breakout puts him over the edge for me, just because like yeah, I know like you made a good point that like his defensive game didn't really improve, but at the same time, I think you have to give credit to his jump offensively. Like he really just like that's a huge breakout. And I think that added enough value to where I would give him an A for the season. Well, that's going to do it for our player grades for the kid line. Uh, let us know what you think, comment and whatnot, and give us your I'm thoughts. Sure my dad, I'm sure my dad drove off the road when I said the A minus, but uh, I mean, it's, it's they got the letter A in it though. It's not that far off. So, but let's, let's move to the next thing here. And we're going to do all the way until the second defensive pairing, right? The bottom bottom line defenseman? Or what are we doing here for the, the rankings? I forget. Uh, Which one do we ne- stop ne- at? Next, next will be the third line. So the next third line. line. What's the last uh, one we're going to do? I forget. Goal, well, goalies. Goalie? Okay. Well, it's, we're going third line, fourth line, plus extras. Then pair one, pair two, pair three, but plus extras, goalie. And then we should be done. So... Before we head off to do, you know, some of the, the games, um, just want to quickly <laughs> say we're halfway now to a Sam Jack final. We're going to get a Sam and Jack final. There's no way the stars are going to rally. I'm sorry. Yeah, no put, way. Put a fork in them. Your boy, so, the daughter. <laughs> couldn't do it. So I'm definitely rooting for Florida. I mean, listen, I got five. I got money on the line. I came. <laughs> five dollars. Have money on the line, so I I'm 100 in Florida. Also, I just like I like Sam Reinhart a lot more than Jack Eichel. So. Yes, oh, yeah, Sam Reinhart needs to I win Jack the cup Eichel. over Jack. Jack so. cannot win the cup. Please, please, Sam, yeah. if you're listening out there after your game, if you listen to us on the way home on the bus ride or the plane ride, just beat Jack Eichel, please. That's all I have and to also, say. Uh, but it it it, it will it, I will say it does sting a little bit that they beat us up by one point and that they're in the division, but. Mm-hmm. Listen, money talks, man. I want to be five dollars richer. And again, I just think I don't like the Vegas Golden Knights organization either. Even if Jack yeah. was on the team, I'm not a fan. Yeah. But someone did say, I mean, is this really a Sam and Jack final, or is it a Will Carey versus Brandon Montour final? <laughs> or Eric Stahl? I I don't know. I don't. I don't like either team. Zach Delpy. Really 
Sam Delby. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, uh, Delby. There's a lot of ex savers on the floor. Even there. Robin Leonard, like he's still. Oh, I forgot about you know, his still... organization. He's at, well. I, last last we heard of Robin Leonard, he was talking to the banks about uh, his exotic snakes. God, oh yeah. my god, bankrupt. Well, for your sake, I hope you get your five dollars so you can go get a Wendy's biggie bag. I mean, the five dollars. Unfortunately, one, I get the six dollar biggie bag now because it's a better oh. deal. But oh man, dang, that's tough. I apologize, but sorry, Wendy's. I guess you can't be a sponsor anymore. No, no. Unfortunately, unfortunately, no free brand deals. So Wendy's has to walk. But um, yeah, Jack Eichel better lose all the savers on the Panthers. I'm rooting for. I guess I don't know. It just thinks that they're in the division, like you said, Dom. But I don't know. What are you going to do? All of our playoff hopes are in the trash anyway from when they first started. So it's a whole whole new world out here. So <laughs> I don't know. Any is anything else? Any predictions you guys want to make before we wrap up the Sabres talk here? I got a question then. Okay. If if the Panthers win the Stanley Cup, who's winning the Conn Smythe? That's a great question. Thank you. Because I feel like I feel like Bobrovsky. So I just ripped this thing. I feel like Bobrovsky has literally been like in like playing lights out. Like he's what eleven and one now in the playoffs. So like the fact that like literally Alex Lyon was the goaltender that got him into the playoffs, and then he started choking in the first round, and then they throw him Bob, and Bob just saves him, and now takes him to a Stanley Cup. Like <laughs> that's got to be worth something. But at the same time, like Matthew Kachuk has been also very good for this team. He scored yeah. three game-winning goals. Three of the game-winning goals. He had he's had three overtime goals this this postseason. Like I think it's really close between Kachuk and Bobrovsky. I think they'll give it to Kachuk because Name Bob missed because Bob missed the first few games of the first round. I think they give it to Kachuk. For that, I mean, they got listen. They got another series to win. We're we're definitely fall starting, but I I gotta say, if the if Vegas wins, it's going to Eichel. Yeah. Right no, another reason why not to root for Vegas. I'm not saying root for Vegas, but like really hope and really root against Vegas is there is no doubt in my mind if Vegas wins, it's Jack Eichel. But yeah, I mean, it's fifty fifty right now between Bob and Flor and Bob and Florida. Well, uh, Bob and Kachuk, but. I don't know, man. I, like, Bob is like having an all-time playoff run. Like I think he's I like saved say- twenty more goals than above expected. Like analytically, it's he's- like one of the best ever. Yeah, I think Bob, I would have to go man. with go with Mike's prediction. Well, the mention between the fifty-fifty. I think Chuck, because of uh, along with the name brand, like you guys said, I, I think all that I'm, kind of. Post. All I'm saying, one of us definitely said in the offseason that they should uh, trade for Bob and just have it half retained. I don't know if it was either you or me, Michael, but one of us definitely brought that up. And Bob, man, I think I think I asked, like, would you take Bobrovsky? Yeah, I think I said no. <laughs> he was not good in the regular season. Like he no. had nine hundred saves in the regular season. Like it's just Carey He's Price. He's just man. been dialed in the postseason. Like look at Carey Price with Montreal two years ago, just dialed. I mean, yeah. Matt Murray, just, Jordan it just Bennington. It just shows that I mean, hockey is just the sport, man. The regular season just does not really matter. I'm sorry. No. I, I guess it matters. Okay, it matters because you have to get in the playoffs. But like, I'm just saying, like seating and everything. Like at the end of the day, Boston you had his. Well, we'll we'll hang on. We'll carry that into. Would you rather? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Really well, really on that note, that's really gonna do it. it. That's gonna do it for the Sabers talk on today's episode. 
Um, and now it's time for the Funky Friday Fun Time. But on a Thursday, you're going to be hearing this all in one episode. So, um, Dom, brief bandits Bison's talk. Oh. I mean, if you if we want, we can we can postpone. No, Bison's been, they've been doing a lot of walk off wins. You know, they've been right. doing all right. So, yeah. Um, so the the Bison's won their series against. Um, Rochester, four games to two. They unfortunately lost. They played at 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Like, I don't know why they that, that was a time. Um, but they lost that game, and unfortunately, they completely choked today uh, and got walked off on. They were winning 9-8. Um, I'm trying to look at this. Yeah, they, they were winning 9-8 going into the ninth inning. And, um, I mean, completely choked. I mean, they, they rallied in the top of the eighth to take an 8-7 lead. I mean that's after they they blew a a, a pretty a seven to three lead in the final seven. So just really bad bullpen performance. Let's see who was the big choker. Uh, yeah, Hayton Younger two runs and two thirds of an inning. Paul Fry first really bad performance, and then Jay Jackson gave up three runs. Um, so yeah, they're zero two now in that series, which is really kind of unfortunate because they were one game away from being five hundred. They actually lost. They actually lost on a walk off two run homer. Um, so that's tough. That's tough, which I guess you say they should have lost on a walk off two and home because they lost by two runs, but yeah, yeah, so that's tough for them. They're now 22 and 25, but hopefully they can uh bounce back uh, and you know get back going at the rest of the series. Uh, and then with the bandits, uh, obviously the bandits didn't play, but they play Saturday and Monday, so potential bandit season's over next time we speak. Uh, they Rematch against Colorado. It, technically, it's the third straight year they've been in the final, which I didn't realize that was true. Um, second straight year they played Colorado, so I don't know. I mean, hopefully they get it done. I mean, it's been since '08 since they've won. They've had four chaps, I and mean, this is their. Will Stan Kroenke get another ring? Oh God! I think this is their fifth opportunity, if I'm not mistaken, or fourth. No, not fourth or fifth. So. Yeah, well, I mean, God, that dude's on a run. Dude, De- Denver, the Nuggets are in the finals, too. I mean, jeez. I mean, yep. really, man, guy. Really? Like, that That dude yeah. needs to, like... That's unbelievable to me. That dude owns an <laughs> NL team that won a championship, an NBA team that's about to win a championship, because I think they're going to win. Wow, an NHL team that knowledge. just won, and an NFL team that recently just won. I mean, is it possible yeah. for him to maybe just trade his Denver teams and buy this? The Does he own the Rockies, too? That's a great question. I gotta look that up. But mm-hmm. so that I mean, the bands obviously play Saturday. They're not winning the World Series this year, though. <laughs> oh no, the Rockies suck. Yeah, <laughs> and they showed a stat where it was like, yeah, all the Denver teams having so much success recently, and like they showed the Rockies, and they're like, yeah, they made the World Series back in two thousand seven and got swept. Oh my god. Um. Oh wow. Well. Looking up the ownership, but yeah, so they play Saturday at home, and then it's kind of weird. Uh, Amherst and Biden. Amherst game three and the Bandits game are on the same day, so I guess you're going to be able to pick your poison on what you want to see. Uh, my father had tickets to both the games, and he's picking the Bandits over the Amherst. R.I.P. Bandits. Amherst, excuse me. Uh, it's not. It's some random dude. I have no idea who he is, but it's not Stan. It's not our boy Stan. Does not own the Rockies. Cronky. I, I guess that's the reason the why they name. suck. I guess. I guess. I, well, I didn't know how to pronounce that. Movie, to be honest. So yeah. <laughs> you know me with my pronunciation. I was and he owns like. I think he was like Tottenham or something too. 
Yeah, yeah, I think he does too. Yeah, he has part ownership, something like that. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I, this is just, it's crap, man. How much money does this guy have? Does he literally he built SoFi on his own funding, I believe. I mean, also everyone in St. Louis. I think hates SoFi him, so. was also one. I thought they were 100 publicly funded by the taxpayer. Taxpayer SoFi. Yeah, I thought SoFi. I think the owner did the whole thing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. St. Louis hates them, so St. Louis does hate him, but. Yeah, so good for the bandits. Hopefully, they take a dub on Saturday. Heck, heck I mean, we had the would you rather. Hopefully, the next time we're talking, the bandits are in NL championships. I gotta say, it is quite unfortunate that they could potentially win in Colorado, and I'm out of town uh, for Game Three. So I guess I'll never see a championship raised in in that in, in Keeping Center. <laughs> it won't be this year. Hopefully, it's a new banner though. That'd be kind of sick. Yeah, to hang one up maybe in the beginning of next season, that'd be cool. You know, yeah, petition, petition. Oh, wait, that's right. I got a home opener if they win. Petition that the, the, the Pagula should allow the Braves banners to come back, but that's just me. They won't never do that, but I think they should let the, Bra- the Braves banners come back. But are the Braves banners in Los Angeles then? No, it's in like no. a, if you go to the Buffalo Sports Museum, they're in there. Uh, okay. But they won't because it's pre 2011. They won't ever, and they mm-hmm. don't own the obviously, they don't own the Braves, they own the band, so they'd have their But Okay, I digress. Would you rather time? Yes. My Wi-Fi is fading. Fading fast. (laughs) Would you rather? So kind of the prelude to what it was. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I know what the answer is, but I just, I just thought like, I don't know. This, this is just something that came to mind. Would you rather be a player on a team, a fringe playoff team, they just sneak in. They're the eight seed. You know, everyone's counting them out. But you you rally. You're rallying through the playoffs right now, rolling. But you're not guaranteed a championship. You know, you're not guaranteed anything. Okay? Would you rather be like that? Or would you rather be on the greatest team in the regular season, cakewalk regular season, setting records, all this stuff, best players, Great individual seasons, just everything. Everything went right in the regular season, but the postseason just—it was just a flop. <laughs> you know, yeah, like the Bruins. I mean, it's Bruins, Panthers, it's Miami Heat. There, they see in the NBA. That's a tough question. Um, because like eight seed, like you could just get. I mean, it just happened to be that the Panthers played the Bruins. Like I could just be on an eight seed and just get swept by the one seed. Um, when you when you define rolling, you mean like they win a couple rounds? Like it's kind of what the Panthers are doing, but like I'm not guaranteed they make it to at least the the conference finals. Hmm. Am I a predominant figure on both teams? Uh, we'll say. Hmm. Well, you're not the superstar, but you are a above average player. Sound like Sam Reinhart. Yeah. Dang, that's a tough question. So it's would you rather be the king of the regular season and then lose right away in the postseason, or like make it in? Um, and- no, okay, I, I'm 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 playoffs. I'm not. I, I mean, part of me matters where my career was, but I'm not going to ask that side question. Nope, nope. I'm no. You know, I, you know I, I the playoffs mean more. You gotta you gotta go for it in the playoffs. Easy. It's not even that. It's the embarrassment of what happened to the Bruins. I could never tell anyone I was on that team. Like, what am yeah. I gonna say? Like uh, mm-hmm. it just, it's just honestly like I'm like yeah, dude, I was on the 2022-23 Bruins. 
and someone looks them up and go like, what the heck? I don't care. I wouldn't be able to do that. At least if I was on another team and be like, oh my god, yeah, I respect that. That was an awesome run you guys had. Even if we don't win, I'd have at least respect. I at least have the confidence to say I was on that team. Like, no, I, I would not have the confidence to say, yeah, I'm on the greatest regular season team of all time. And then when they look me up and realize I choked and threw up myself and like gagged, no, I'm not. No. Yeah, that's fair. Just, just right. from that, like, I think I would I would have picked the eight seed or like that that too. That's what I would have picked. That's a choke job. Like if 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 they if you would have said they like they didn't win and they got like the like they at least won a round or or two, then yeah, I was the greatest. Yeah, but no. no, no, the flop. All right. Well, now while I still have a connection, it's time for the past their prime Hall of Fame. And my nominee is an NHL player, an old I'm man. Like, can we have a timeout for two seconds? As, if, as long as you're in holds. I would just like to do quick. What? What is it? Oh, I thought you were real. I would no, just what is very, it? I would just like to thank the committee for our uh, choice to not have Brooks Kepka in the, in the Hall of Fame. That's a tough look. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, tough look. Dude, dude came back and won it. So look at that. Honestly, though, I thought he was going to choke it because, yeah, he started hot, but then he started choking. And Hovland started getting hot, and then Shuffler started getting hot, and then right. Brooks kept going. Yeah. Sidetrack, anyway. sidetrack of the century. I apologize for this, but he just won his third PGA Championship, and now has five majors. But would you rather? I'm going to sidetrack this. I'm going to say it. Would you rather win all four majors once, or win like ten majors, yeah. but not win like one, not win all four? If that makes sense. Okay, wait, wait, wait. you got you got to start over. I all lagged. Right. All right, there's four majors. Four majors, four majors in golf. Say yes. you you win all four, but you only win them once. Would you rather have that, or would you rather win like ten majors, but you wouldn't win all four? I think it's more of an accomplishment to have a grand slam. I would agree, but like I'm just saying, would you rather? I mean, like no, I'd know. rather have the grand slam. I don't know. That's like tough. That's, That's more of an like... achievement. Yeah, but tennis. What players have a grand slam? Tiger, Nicholas. I don't know golf history that well, like, but like, I, there's like, like a I handful think... of players that have a grand slam. Jordan Spieth has had a shot at the grand slam. He's never won the PGA championship. I'm just saying like, shot. I, I just think it's, well, that's true. It's it was like, cool being there and like watching them golf. Like they're, when they hit the ball. Oh yeah. Thing, this is the golf, golf hour. T- talk about your experience. Thing, thing literally whistles off the tee. It's like, bro, I'm standing there, like, next to the tee box. They have a nice, like, it's pretty, like, tight from the tee box to, like, the fairway. There's, like, a decent, you know, 100 yards, 200 yards, you know, some of them. Pretty narrow. If people are standing there watching me, someone's getting their head hit. Because my shot is not going straight. Like, it is really impressive to see, like, how good they actually are. Like, the one player... I don't remember who it was, but he did hit it over one of the fences and he had to take a drop. And it was like, it was kind of funny. Um, but no, it was, it was actually really cool. Cause you know, like being able to see like all those guys up close and like, just, it, it was pretty neat. Like Sunday also is like a beautiful day. No, it was gorgeous. So, who was your favorite player? Like, I like Steve. I'm a big Jordan Speed fan. You are a big Speed fan. 
No, it's kind of like I went to see like the tennis while well, we wait for Joe to come back, so that's why we we're semi stalling until shit. To cut him off, we could have gotten who <laughs> I knew once I, was. Once, once I did it, once I did it, he <laughs> broke, and I was like, oh crap. But well, maybe it's a good thing I cut him off because he would have like done this great reveal and then he would have cut off. But yeah, I mean, I saw the tennis open and like those, like how hard that, like I guess you don't realize like on T, it's just different like in person sometimes. I'm not saying yeah. like. All sporting, like, so, like football is probably a better, like, TV game to watch. But, like, sometimes it is cool to, like, be in person. Because, like, in tennis, like, the, like you see it 100, you, like, you, you see it on TV. Oh, it's 130 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. To see that stuff in person is pretty, dark. like, I just don't understand how anyone hits that ball in play. Like, and Dude, how fast I couldn't, move. I couldn't follow a single ball off the tee. Every time they hit it off the tee, no idea where it went. I can't follow my own ball off the tee. No That's idea. Just bad. But, no, it was, it was really cool. Like. I will say, if you ever go to a PGA event, especially a major, if you want to see a certain player, you got to get there a few holes early because guys like Rory, like there is such a crowd for Rory. Um, you a Rory Kepka, fan? I like Rory. I do. I do like McIlroy. <laughs> I don't think – what are your thoughts on a live guy winning? That It's just weird that a live guy won the PGA championship. Like that's just, <laughs> that's just so weird to me. And then, like, Kepka, DeChambeau were, like, in contention. Like, there's a lot of live guys in contention, honestly. But I don't know. I wanted Hovland to win at that point. I thought it would have been cool to see Hovland win or Shuffler make a run. But I don't know. Brooksy's he's Brooksy. I just think it's funny that, like, on TV, I couldn't – like, I had the muted, and, like, I saw Hovland shaft from the bunker, and I was so confused. Like, why, why is he not moving? And I realized, oh, it's stuck in the It didn't rock. get out of the bunker. <laughs> but, like, I didn't think it got out of the bunker, bunker, but I couldn't see it in the bunker. So I was like, am I just blind? And then I saw the ball, like, on the – like, I was like, man. Luckily for me, I'd never done that before. I'm just saying, that course, I would not – be able to play that course in the slightest bit. That course was so hilly and just difficult. Those bunkers were so deep. Like, it was just bad. Like, hole 12, the hole was literally on a hill. And, you like, the hole is here, and, like, your chip, like, the fairway's down here, and you have to hit it, like, up. I was like, dude, there's no way I'd be able to do that. It's like, you know, you see those videos where it's, like, you're on your home golf course, you have a 15-shot lead on, like, John Rahm. Would you be mm. able to win? The answer to the no. question is hell no. Like nope. they're birdieing every single hole, and I'm hitting triples. Like no, yeah. I think I would be surprised if that lead lasted five holes. Like mm-hmm. those dudes are insane. And it's also like the, all the, I don't know, man. Like I just go up, I see the kind of the distance, I kind of know a club to hit. Like those dudes are looking at the lie, what temperature it is. They're actually getting specific distances. Like I just kind of like visibly see a stake and all like. I mean, I guess, I guess if like I had a few million dollars on a line, like I'd take a little more. They also get paid to do it, but still, no, I know what you mean though. Like it's it's crazy. It's really cool though. There's a lot of people. It was really one time in my life I wanted to do like the professional thing where like you know how like when they hit a T and like the T like it was flying. Every yeah. time I hit a shot, the tee breaks off the tee. Like, I just want one of the times just, like, to see the tee, like, go, de- go deep. I just think that'd be a cool experience. Will it happen? Yeah. Probably not because I'm terrible, but. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm going to go into trivia here because I'll be completely honest. I'm getting, I'm starting to zone out and fall asleep. Well, it's kind of hard when our, when our guy. Uh... So, 
I'm gonna roll hey, through. You go, you go into trivia. I'm gonna roll through trivia because I also have to be up at 5:30 in the morning. Um, look at this Wegman's guy being so committed. Also, Wegman's sponsor brand, Wegman's and Wendy's, the hey, double what did W. You say? Oh, I th- I think he's he's probably done for the night. Anyway, right. um, okay, Bill's question, trivia. Do 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 do. Bill's question. <laughs> <laughs> do my little trivia intro. Okay, seriousness now. Like, yeah, roll. Before Josh Allen, who wore number seventeen for the Bills? Who was the last player to wear seventeen? Oh my god. Oh my god, it's such a good question because I have no freaking idea. I'll give you a hint. No one wore it in 2017. Oh my god, this is a great question because I actually have no idea. Holy cow. Jeff Tool was seven, wasn't he? He was in 17. Jeff Tool was seven. Mm. This is an absolute kind of... smoker of a question. This is. I actually. I. I can't believe I'm drawing. I'm drawing so dead here. Wasn't seventeen, so it was the Rex Ryan era. It wasn't our boy Booby Dixon, was it? No. <laughs> it's either a wide receiver or a quarterback, right? Because those are the only two people that could award the teens back then. Yep. I don't. Tyrod was a quarterback. Who the hell was Tyrod? I don't even remember who Tyrod's backup was. Matt Castle? Oh. Did he wear 17? No. Um, here. I, I already know you're not going to get it. Was it a wide receiver? It was a wide receiver. He played. Wait, wait, wait. No, it wasn't Chris Hogan. He wore 15. Okay. Was it... Oh, wait, wait, was it Salas? Greg Salas? Uh, no. Salas? No? In 2016. We had a wide receiver play 12 games, started five of them, had 10 oh catches for 189 yards and four touchdowns. He had Justin, t- oh, Hunter. Justin Hunter. Oh, my. Justin Hunter. Wait, how many catches did he have in five games starting? It said he had 10 catches, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Justin freaking Hunter. Oh four touchdowns, God. though. So. That is an all-time trivia question. I always say Kelvin Benjamin being the all-time trivia question for who, start, who caught Josh's first touchdown. That was a fun. That's I mean that's the, that's the last guy to ever wear that number, not Josh, because that number getting retired. So, Justin Hunter. That's an all time. That was an all time get there. All right. Second question. Rolling with Kyle Poso. My my original trivia question was going to be how many games does he have to play until he hits a thousand, and then you said that earlier, so I had to change it on the fly. So oh, my my change on the fly is where did Kyle Poso play college hockey? I feel like there's an obvious answer to this, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I'm going to say Minnesota. University of Minnesota is correct. Okay, good. Because I was like, he's from Minnesota. Yeah, he is from Minnesota. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he's from Minnesota. Yep, two years at University of Minnesota. Um, Pretty solid there. He's seventh overall pick in the NHL draft. In what, draft what, what draft was he? 06. What, did he play Vanek? On the Sabres? And then Minnesota. Oh, no, Vanek was already in the NHL at that point. Oh, Vanek was 0-3. I'm dumb. You're right. I was I blanked the time zone. 
All right. Last question. Bandits question. Oh, Who's man. the last team the Bandits beat in their championship season of 2008? Who did they win the championship over? The score was 14 to 13. No, man, Portland. Portland's right. What is their team name? Was that really? Oh, oh my God. Um, Timbers. Lumberjacks with an X. No, I was close. I knew it was something with trees. Portland so, Timbers is an MLS team. That's I knew that was an MLS team. That was that was actually that was a poor guess. I should have thought of something else. But so that does it for the trivia. Uh, we did the would you rather. Also, we did an advanced golf talk sporting event talk. The one thing I will say before we wrap up uh, is Joe did text me his pick for the Pastor Five Hall of Fame, and to respect out of Joe, I will not uh, read what it was because I will just say right now. It would not have gotten inducted. Just tell me. Come on. I don't even. I. I, I, I Just tell Joe, me. Come was, on. I feel. I don't know. I, it was Joe Thornton. I don't even think Joe Thornton's even playing anymore. So I don't even. <laughs> like, he's retired. Is he? I, I, okay. Now I. Have, I'm very sure he's retired. I thought so too. So that's why I, you know, I wasn't gonna say it. But here you go. Let's, let's look up Joe Thornton. If it says former NHL, no, he hasn't. He hasn't officially retired. Well, he is. Oh my god, he just said he. You, I wonder. He's just a free agent, so. He, Joe just texted me that. I wonder if Joe's listening. Whatever kind of but he's also 43 years old, so, like. I don't see him coming back. Listen. If he. A couple years ago, after he got on Toronto, um, that would have been a good poll. But. It wasn't a terrible. It w- Well, it was. Listen, it was better than the. I don't know. It was better than the Bobby Wagner one, so I guess improvement. <laughs> oh, jeez. That okay. will do it for this episode of the Buffalonian Podcast. Uh, and we will see you next week, hopefully celebrating a Buffalo Bandits championship. Ooh, so, uh, Mike, how, how I, I, I got to pull a Joe here. Mike, how do you always end these? Go Sabres. Go Bills, baby. Go Bills, baby.